Hi, this is Jeff Davis. I spent many years just down the road playing rock and roll along the lakefront in Chicago at WLS Music Radio. This year's a banner year for Radio Centennials. That's why I'm happy to wish my brothers and sisters in radio a heartfelt 100th anniversary at 1440 WROK in Rockford, Illinois. Sometimes people just need a really good reason to get back together and enjoy each other. This is one of those occasions. Getting behind the microphone again and sharing those seldom told tales is a special feeling these folks didn't want to pass up. The studio is filled with decades of photos, bumper stickers, buttons, albums, t-shirts, jackets, original signs, and well-deserved industry awards. Here's to WROK's 100 years of broadcasting in Northern Illinois and Southern Wisconsin. And now, more radio stories between old friends on another episode of the Storyteller Studio. Welcome back to Storyteller Studio. I am so honored to have a guest today in Southwest Michigan that is radio's best friend. And I mean that, and we mean that in the radio community in the most raw, sincere way. His name is Art Volo Jr. Thanks, Tim. Wow. Pleased to be here. Wow. The pleasure's all mine. Did How you... many other trite things can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I don't know. We we have about 40 minutes to fill, I mean, so, yeah. you know, so... You, could, you could do that. So just to let you folks know, we are going to bounce around topic-wise, but when I throw those topics to Art, God knows where, where it can go. go. Yes. Right. Because as of the last 24 hours, we are here at Ted Smucker's house in southwest Michigan, and we had some other radio folks here, Joe Leitner and Greg Robertson, and the stories were flying. But then every so often, Art would go, you know, you know. <laughs> and it would have nothing to do with radio. It had a lot to do with geography. And of oh, yeah. course, nine times out of 10, we were stumped, but it made it for fun conversation. It's okay. Yeah. Hey, I met Art Volo at the Rock Radio Revisited event. We've talked about this before. Uh, the Museum of Broadcast Communications had an event in a year ago, August of 2022, uh, at the Des Plaines Theater. Which is in Des Plaines, Illinois. It is, ironically, uh, isn't amazing it? amazing how that works. It, it yeah. is. You know what See, I always wonder? How? If it's Des Moines, <laughs> why isn't it Des Plaines? But then I thought, Des Plaines, Des Plaines, you know, <laughs> it just wouldn't work. But it's not Des Moines, no. but they're both DES. <laughs> I don't understand that. Do you see where we're going here? Yeah. yeah. Do you see where I we're wor going? I worry about things and, like that. And you know, the first thing, when we went into this reception, which I was a fish out of water. I didn't know anybody. It's the Chicago people. It's a museum people. I didn't know anybody. And Art literally ran up to me and said, I recognize you. And I'm going, I, I don't <laughs> think so. I well, don't you think look so. like so many people. I, I don't think so. And so he introduced me around to a lot of people and it was a wonderful time, and we had a, uh, a dinner with WLS and WCFL people, and I have met so many people and kept in contact with them as a result of that one single day. And I remember one thing that you told me as just random trivia is, you know, people know that WLS stands for world's largest store, and WGN is world's greatest newspaper. Right. But you have a little library of like what WMAQ stands for. We must ask questions. Yes. We must. Never. But CFL, never I think a lot that. of people knew that was the Chicago Federation of Labor because they used to ID at the top of the hour the voice of labor. That's right. So, and, and, and Chicago is a union town. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I find it fascinating to uh, 
to know what call letters stand for. I have a friend, a couple of friends in Pittsburgh, and the only place these letters now exist because they changed the radio call letters are on Channel 4, and that's uh, W-T-A-E in Pittsburgh. T-A-E. Uh, T-A-E. Okay. Any idea? That's, I'll give you a hint. It's a, it's a famous person's initials who was an inventor. Thomas Edison? Thomas Alva Edison, yes. No way. <laughs> there you go. Wow. And <laughs> people go, uh, duh. <laughs> hey, listen, when I realized as a kid that SO gas stations, all SO stood for was standard oil, and they made a word out of it. It was like Arby's. It's roast beef. They put an A in front and a Y on the end, made it a word. But that's all it was is RB, roast yeah, beef. I yeah, mean, yeah. don't go too deep here, folks. Yeah, not, not this too, is not brain surgery. Not too sexy there. <laughs> Wow. Tell me how yeah. all of this got started because you were doing video production for the University of Michigan football team. Well, I wasn't really doing it for the team. I'm, what I do is for the fans. Um, there are more fans than there are team members. Well, that, that's true. That's <laughs> As true. evidenced by the uh, hundred thousands of people that are in the big house every uh, home game. So, um, yeah, I, I, what I did is I started uh, listening to a uh, broadcaster by the name of Bob Eufer. Now that not to be confused with Bob Euchre, yeah, which sounds like a card game. Um, <laughs> that guy is a baseball guy, uh, but our guy was a football guy. He's actually an insurance agent in Ann Arbor, oh. who happened to love. You know, he went to University of Michigan and happened to love Michigan football. Oh. And when a radio station came on the air called WPAG in Ann Arbor, Michigan, back in 1945, a year that's near and dear to my heart because yeah. that's when I came onto the earth. So he was doing these Michigan football games as a uh, hobby. He was, I don't know if they even paid him God. in the beginning. But uh, so when I moved to Ann Arbor in 1962, I was not a sports fan at all, but I was a radio fan. So I stumbled across him on the radio and this guy is screaming and yelling. And when they <laughs> when they miss a field goal, he'd, he'd be crying on the air and just I mean, he was so entertaining I just, I had to listen. I said, wow. And I got engrossed in it. And then uh, and I went, when I got out of school and into college, I needed insurance. So I went to him. He was my insurance man. And one thing led to another. And, 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 uh, and then as the video bug bit me uh, badly, when I bought my first Sony Betamax. Yeah, I took the beta bath. And uh, <laughs> I, I believed in Sony, which was stupid. But anyhow, so... Uh, so he got me up in the press box, uh, and then there was, a, uh, there was a, a doctor, I think he was, out in the Boston area, who was one of the hundreds of thousands of scouts the University of Michigan has all around the country who scout for um, talented uh, kids oh. in high school that uh, they might be able to look at as a recruit for Michigan. Oh. And he couldn't get the games. This is back when you know he was just getting Ivy League games. He wasn't getting Big Ten games uh, in in Massachusetts. So he could only scout if he showed up. So I well I was videotaping games and sending them to him so that oh. he could he could he wanted to see them and he also wanted to use them to show you know uh, kids potential mm -hmm. kids that would go to Michigan how exciting it was. Because I would show the crowds, I'd show the band, I'd show all the hoopla, the game day experience. Yeah. Anybody can record a game off TV. That's right. That takes that push a record button. That's all it is on right. VCR, on a DVD player, and now a DVR is what's most prominent built mm -hmm. into your cable box, and you can record the game. Mm -hmm. But what I do is very, very different. 
And so, and, and I've been there ever since, and this will mark my 44th year. So I tell people I've seen the good, the bad, and of course, sadly, the ugly. But of yeah. late, it's been good. Good, good for yeah. you guys. So, so tell me, with him being on radio, mm-hmm. and but but you sliding in to yeah. do the video of the football. How did you become radio's best friend? Well, and well, I also used him on the audio. I did not use. Oh. see, when you're shooting a game there, when you're actually videotaping a football game, you either have nothing but the crowd sound, okay, or you have a radio broadcast. Oh, that's so true. So I used the radio broadcast. I plugged that into the VCR. But he had a hard time with the with a period. He did not use periods. He kept running. He had, remember oh. the teacher called a run on run on sentence. That's well, right. That's what he was constantly going. He was very energetic. But at the end of a play, I would look for a place where I could hit the pause button <laughs> and stop, and then roll it again on the next play. Right. That he didn't was, give you that chance. Hardly. No. It was. <laughs> but it was great. It wow. Was great. So how did you get into recording? Radio announcers in their studios all over the country for decades. As it says on the first page of my uh, website, which is Volo Video, I would invite anybody listening to this, if you want to see an amazing amount of video, it's all on my website, which is volovideo.com. Now, the only tricky part about this, most people know how to spell video, but my name is, just as it sounds, except for one thing, there is a letter U after the V. Okay. So be sure to spell it right, V-U-O-L-O, video.com. So as long as you know how to spell it, you can get onto it. And down at the bottom of the home page, there are two libraries of video. One's YouTube, one's Vimeo. Vimeo is very similar to YouTube, but they're not as picky as YouTube is about music. Oh, If you gotcha. do a video and you use two bars of a copyrighted song, they slap your hand and say, oh, can't do that. Yeah. You know, so, um, but be that as it may. Yeah. That's, that's, There's another way around it. Yeah. Yeah. So all this stuff is on my website. There's a, a fascinating amount of stuff. And there's a lot of audio air checks of various radio stations around the country and what have you. So, so what I started to do was I, I basically, I'm a, since I'm a radio nerd, as we say, I went to one of these big radio conventions. It was called the R&R Convention. Had nothing to do with rest or relaxation. (laughs) R&R was radio and records. It was a major trade publication. Oh, it was our Bible. It was the Bible of the industry. Absolutely. And and, and they had these conventions, and this one was in Dallas at the, uh, I want to say at the Fairmont Hotel in Dallas, 1977. I met a guy uh, named Shotgun Tom Kelly. Who was uh, kind of the cousin Brucey of the West Coast. And he had put together a a really cool, how do you want to say it? It was a video piece that was like a, uh, I'm I'm trying to think of the right word. Not really a montage, but it was sort of a montage of the station he was working at, which was KFMB. FM in San Diego. It was known as B100. Like a composite a of composite, some sort? composite, yeah. Okay. You know, it was, uh, you know, just a... All, all the talent. Yeah. Of okay. All the different DJs. It was to give you a chance that opened up with the general manager in his office. Oh, okay. Saying, here's a profile piece. That's another good word, maybe. Okay. A profile yeah. of B100. And he shot this on 8 millimeter film. <laughs> because this was before... The camcorder before yeah. you know it, it 
And he did it with sound, of course. You can't yeah. very much do a radio thing and not have audio. All right, but that's what he had. That's what he had, and, yeah. and it was fantastic. And, and he showed me this, and I went bonkers because I said, oh, my God, it's a video air check. This is not just an air check. This is a video air check. And I thought, how cool. You can see the body language. You can see uh, if the person is really into this, if mm -hmm. they were really having a good time and what have you. And how they ramp up to the intro oh, yeah. and all I that mean, stuff. It was just so cool. And, you know, honestly, you get that interactions with if you've got a producer or an mm -hmm. engineer, if you've got a co-host, you get all of that, you know, like giving you the snake eye and stuff yeah. like that. And at that point, I did have a camera. But it was a black and white camera, and I wasn't doing. And everything was big and bulky. The VCR weighed about seventy-five pounds. That first Betamax, a big black and white camera. So when I got my first color camera, it was nineteen seventy-nine. And so what I did is I had a very good buddy of mine, whose radio name was Steve Cooper, and he was in Indianapolis, and that's where I grew up. I um, first grade to half halfway through high school was in Indianapolis before relocating to Michigan. And he was the program director and the midday guy at uh, 13 Wife, W-I-F-E in Indianapolis. Okay. And this was a station that had a big, great heritage, but it had, you know, lost, because it was an AM station. Mm -hmm. And by 79, mm -hmm. AM stations mm -hmm. were having a tough time playing music. But uh, I did one of these B100 type profile pieces on Wife. That was the beginning, right then and there. And then the very first uh, guy I did, if you'll excuse the way that sounds, yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah. I don't well, do you, guys normally. Uh, yeah, but, uh, but, well, no. the first guy you shot, the first you can guy use that. that yeah. yeah, that sounds good, right? The first guy you shot in this day of shootings. Uh, anyway, was uh, Chris Edmonds who was doing, I forget, it was a weekend shift. It was a Saturday uh, up in the Hancock building in Chicago at WEFM. Oh, my. So it was WEFM 99.5 in Chicago. And he hated the station. He was showing on camera the uh, binder with all the pages in it that the uh, Ayatollah uh, program director, <laughs> Kevin Matheny, God bless him, uh, we lost him just a few years ago, and but he was that was the he, manual. He was a real dictator. He, these, are, these are the things you got to say between the records, you know. And he says, uh, "If you want to come work here, be my guest." It's oh, he no. was just really mocking the station. It was this is yeah. all going on video. This was my first one, and oh. then then the second one I did was WLS with John Records Landacker, who I've known since he was in high school. And you went to high school with John Landau. No, he went to a different high school. I went to Ann Arbor High School, okay. a public school. He went to a semi-private school called University High School. It was actually a part of the University of Michigan. Whoa. It doesn't exist anymore. They closed it. Wow. Um, but that's where John went to school. But we knew each other you know, because of a local radio station in Ann Arbor okay. where he got his where he cut his teeth, is that what we say? Yeah, as a 16-year-old probably. Yeah, 16-year-old yeah, kid doing yeah. news on Saturday mornings and stuff. So wow. that, So, yeah, we knew each other from high school. To, it's just like when I think I, I told you that Jeff Smullyan, who owned Emmis and still owns Emmis Broadcasting, mm -hmm. Scott Shannon, who gave me the nickname Radio's Best Friend back in the early 80s. Nice. And, uh, and myself, the three of us were all 
were all around the same age, within a year or so of each other. Okay. All three of us were in high school at the same time in the same city, and that was Indianapolis. Wow. I was at Cathedral High School, which is an all-boys Catholic high school. Then Jeff Smolian was up on the north side at North Central, because that's where the money was back in those days, even. <laughs> and North Central was the first air-conditioned high school in America. There's a little trivia wow. for you. And Scott Shannon was an Army brat because his father was military, and he was stationed at Fort Benjamin Harrison, which is over in the northeast side of town. So he went to Lawrence Central. So the three of us were in three different schools, and none of us knew each other. And then I, for years, said, but we all know each other now. Oh, a year ago, when they did the Radio Hall of Fame in Chicago, believe it or not, Jeff said, I've never met Scott Shannon. I what? want to meet him. Yeah, the third I, guy had not met I, the other I, third no, guy? No, and, 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 and Scott Shannon said, I never met Jeff uh, Smullyan. Okay. And Jeff Smullyan, in the market where he had such great success in New York with Z100 and later PLJ, yeah. Yeah. Jeff is the guy that took 660 WNBC and turned it into the biggest sports station in America as WFAN. And, and they never had met each other. So here, a year ago, I go over to Jeff's Mullion Stable, and I take this multimillionaire, nicest man you'll ever want to meet, Jeff Smolian of MS. I grabbed him by the hand, like, come here, little boy. And I dragged him over to Scott Shannon's table. I go, Scott, Jeff, Jeff, Scott. Now, and we had a great picture Aww. taken with the three of us in our tuxedos and what have you. And it was just fantastic. D decades later. Decades later. Wow. So I was telling everybody, now we all know each other. Well, now I can honestly say, now we all know each other. Right. But for years, they had not met. Wasn't that weird? That was so weird. Yeah, it's beyond weird. But I, I'll tell you, with, with all the people that you know, and mm -hmm. even people that I know, which my circle is a lot smaller than yours, we've all got those weird stories. Oh, yeah. Not not yeah. exactly like that, but pretty stinking weird. <laughs> And not just weird folks, they're stinking weird. Yeah. And and all of a sudden they surface yeah. with little or no intention. Yeah. You know, it just sort of where the conversation oh, goes. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, yesterday when um uh Joe Leitner and and Greg Robertson and uh uh Ted and his wife Teresa were here and you know, we went out on the boat, we were on the deck and everything, your phone blew up all day long with these gigantic Gigantic radio people connecting <laughs> with you one way or the other. Who was the guy from WLW that called you last night? Oh, Gary Jeff Walker. Yes. Yeah. And have you got something coming up, or is he just touching base with you? Well, he just interviewed Pat St. John, who, again, I've known Pat since high school. And he was at Southfield High School. I mean, I'm Pat's about seven years younger than me, maybe somewhere like that. But he um, he's a big fan of Pat. He likes to listen to him, even though he's working in terrestrial radio. He does have Sirius XM, and he loves Pat. Pat does a great show. Oh. So he wanted to interview. So he interviewed him, and this interview ran on Monday night, oh. um, this past past Monday when we we're doing this podcast, and it was just fantastic. I was stuck on an airplane, bad weather at Midway Airport in Chicago listening on my phone in the airplane when we had a little bit of a ground stoppage. So, and it was a wonderful interview. And he was probably calling me because I didn't call him to tell him how great it was. 
And normally, I always do that. I, I mean, know. Just well, fantastic. We yeah. all need our ego food, we all don't need we? need stroked, absolutely. <laughs> it's know. like, do you want eggs or a muffin? Yeah. No, I want ego. Yeah, maybe I, maybe that's what yeah. Clarence Carter was talking about in that, <laughs> that song, Stroking. Maybe it was Stroking Egos. I think it was something else. Oh, but God, that's anyway. funny. You know, Art Volo also has the voicemail intro <laughs> on, yeah. on his phone. Well... It's not the intro. It's my outgoing message. It's your greeting. My greeting. My yeah. greeting. That's what it's yeah, called. Yeah, when yeah. you call my cell phone, if I don't answer, but I almost always do. But, <laughs> yeah, the outgoing message was done by Shotgun Tom Kelly. Yes, which mm. I remember him most from K-Earth in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, almost 20 years at K-Earth. Yeah, that, that's... They didn't what, renew... You know why they didn't renew him? Hard telling. Well, they were... Because did he do no, too no, much? it was because... He, well, they they... What they won't say because it would be illegal, mm. because age discrimination is not legal. Oh, but he was aging out a little. Okay, plus they were trying to bring the format forward, and they were getting away from '60s, '70s music and going into '80s, '90s music. Well, say they all these well. all these quote unquote oldie stations all across America mm-hmm. were becoming classic hits stations my problem with that is is that they sounded like classic rock stations mm-hmm. you know except they were more pop but basically that's what was happening hmm. because the audience was aging out and younger people were coming into the desired demographic and that was the idea behind yeah it. they didn't see the feasibility yeah. of I mean, squ- he, square he, peg round he hole play, yeah he played a song that sounded almost like rap at one point when he was still there. And I remember at the end of the song, he said, well, enough of that. You know, let's get on to some good music. And, <laughs> and, and thought, only if you had the 45 that you could actually yeah. break over the corner of the table. Yeah. I but, thought, yeah. That would have been very nice. We all have seen that. There'll be no more <laughs> rock and roll on KWK. That was in St. Louis. I remember that. Oh, yeah. The thing t- shattered like a piece of ice, you know, like... I'll tell um, you, d- d- have you uh, videotaped a lot of those where they flip the switch, like on WABC or WLS? You mean, oh, you mean when they ch- change yeah, formats change and formats. end of an era type thing? I have audio recorded, but not, uh, you know okay. what? I don't think, I'm trying to think right now if I ever videotaped a format flip. Well, granted, I don't know. granted, there's only so much room in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. And they usually bring yeah. in their, their I did, people. I, I, I did do, uh, Jim Harper was a big morning guy in Detroit. Okay. And I remember when, oh God, he was a kid when I first met him. He was, he was pals with Jim Kerr in New York. I remember that name. And yeah. Oh, Jim Kerr is about to hit 50 years on New York radio next year. I think wow. next year. And so, but they were buddies from school days way back when. And Harper was a big draw on WNIC, the leading adult contemporary station in the Detroit market. Okay. There was another station that was coming on with the call letters WMGC. They were going to be magic. Okay. They were going to take on NIC, and they knew the only way they could do it was to grab that morning guy and get him to change from one to the other. And he did it. He went, as they say in the business, he went across the street yeah. to the other station within a month. There was only four weeks between ending at NIC and starting on Magic. And I recorded his final show 
they let him do a final show with a studio full of people and all this stuff wow. on WNIC because Steve Schramm, who was the general manager at the time, was a hell of a nice guy, and he let him do a farewell show. That surprised Highly me. Highly unusual. Yes. Usually you do your last show, you don't know you're doing it, you get called into the manager's office or what have you, and they say that was your last show. Right. You never have a chance to say goodbye to your listeners. Or well, you do a last show of maybe you're going halfway across the country, but not across the street. Yeah, in the yeah. same town. So, wow. I mean, I don't think there was any, I don't, even, I don't remember there was any mention as to where he was going, but he was definitely leaving. All right. So a month later, he shows up. on his. So I got his last day on WNIC. I got his first day on, on oh, WMGC. Nice. And, and it was being consulted by Gary Berkowitz, who's a very famous AC, adult contemporary uh, uh, consultant. And he had a problem with me being there, thinking you're going to distract him on his first day. Hmm. I said, Gary, he's a professional. Yeah. He knows what cameras are. Yeah. He will not be distracted. And I didn't get up at four o'clock this morning to come down here <laughs> and do this just so you could tell me I can't. And or to I, ruin his yeah, or distract yeah, his morning yeah, show. Yeah. I definitely yeah. recorded the well, morning show. And granted, the first maybe two breaks, they would no shoe. But then you're just a fly on the yeah, wall. You're exactly. a camera in the corner. Yeah. You know, yeah. for. I know, I think I'm I, really glad I did that. Yeah. I stood up for my rights. I said, no way are you going to prevent me from doing it. Wow. I was well, defiant. Let's, <laughs> as you still are. Yeah. I'm, that's right. The defiant were, ones. They made a movie about me. <laughs> anyway. Let me back up yeah. to um, your radio guides. Tell that story because that is before cell phones and internet. And wanting to hear those radio stations, but just had a difficulty. Well, they, yeah, they wanted to hear the favorite. It, 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 the thing that would it would started it all was I was actually working in an appliance store called Big George's Home Appliance Market. <laughs> okay, and and I knew George very well, and he was a big man. They put me in the small appliances department, which sold radios and stuff. Oh. So somebody come in and say, oh, I just want a little AM radio for the nightstand. I printed up on a, di remember Ditto? Yes. The Ditto machine, the little purple. Yeah. And the school, you, you'd sniff it and get yeah, high off yeah. the smell. And it would eventually fade away. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So I would. Mimeograph <laughs> machine. Mimeograph type yeah. thing, yeah. But we call them a Ditto machine for some reason. Anyway, I would print up these purple sheets, you know, with a purple ink or whatever, a list of all the FM stations that you could get in Ann Arbor. I said, well, if you don't get an AM, FM radio, you're going to miss out on all these stations. So I had them all listed in what kind of format they Use had. it as a sales technique? Yeah. Oh, I would up, wow. I'd use it to upsell them into yeah. a more expensive AM, FM radio. Pretty smart. Yeah. It worked out great because I sold a lot of AM, FM radios. You know, people don't know. You know, And then I was in college, and they do a thing in college called spring break where everybody <laughs> goes down to Florida or Fort Lauderdale or Daytona or whatever. They drive, mm -hmm. and when they start heading down the highway away from Michigan through Ohio and Kentucky and Tennessee and Georgia, they don't know where to find the good rock and roll stations. No. So I made a list, and, and uh, I put it on a little card, and it was called the Rock Guide. It had nothing to do with geology. Yeah. It was just a list of rock and roll stations you know, that you could find so that when you ran out of one, 
when the Toledo stations faded out, you'd know where to get it in Lima. When the Lima stations faded out, I'd get to Dayton. When Dayton faded out, you get to Cincinnati. And as you're going down the road, I even did a thing one time called a tunepike guide, which told you where to tune when you're on the turnpikes going from the New Jersey turnpike to the Pennsylvania turnpike to the Ohio turnpike to the Indiana toll road from basically New York to Chicago. Wow. In the order, you will pick them up all along the road. Very nice. Now, only rock and roll format. Well, I did, then I expanded, did country. Then I did a beautiful okay. music one because those stations don't exist anymore. Okay. But uh, whatever. And, and these guides were all printed. Uh, by a wonderful company called the Fenton Press in Addison, Illinois. Sadly, it went out of business during the, um, I guess it was the, uh, I'm trying to remember, what was it that took them out? I guess it was that when the economy went to heck. You know, it was, it was just, um, I don't know, they couldn't survive. And they were one of the top five printers in Chicago. Wow. They, they ran in three shifts around the clock. And they printed all my guides I had incredible unprecedented um what's the word i'm looking for when i can uh, distribution no but i had the run of the place oh i could i didn't wait in the lobby like all the other customers i could go anywhere uh they printed over 100 million of my radio <gasps> guides and i distributed them with with radio stations all around the country it was a menage a trois if i can use that word you can of um, <laughs> of a radio station that co-sponsored it they promoted it on the air. Okay. The sponsor who paid for it, their ad was in the guide. And the distributor, like McDonald's or Burger King or 7-Eleven or something like that, that passed them out. Wow. So the station said, go get your guide courtesy of Mr. Sponsor at Burger King or McDonald's. And, and that's the way it worked. Everybody wins. It was a three-way deal. And, but only one person paid for it, and that was the sponsor. Yeah. That's the way it should work. Yes. It wow. was great. I did it for 33 years. Wow. Is that also because of, I guess, your connection, your distribution, your, your whole thing? Is that laid a groundwork for finding out these radio stations that you eventually videotape their announcers? To an extent, yeah. Because you had to research and know exactly. what the next one in Tulsa was going to be, yeah. for instance. Yeah, but see, there's no need for that anymore. The, the, the idea of the radio guide has been flushed because we have satellite radio, which you can now take from one end of, of the country, as my friend... Uh, my late friend, Country Dan Dixon on, Sir, on XM, he was on one of the trucker channels, and well, they loved him. He was such a great guy, and he used to say, border-to-border uh, uh, border and coast-to-coast. Coast. Yeah. You know, and, and you could hear it anywhere. No need to, to look for the next station anymore, so there's no need for... Everything that I had in that guide is now on the Internet. So between the Internet and now Internet Radio... And satellite radio, there's no need for what I did anymore. But, you know, I'm still sort of old school. I will listen to radio, whether it be AM or FM, even when I came down here from mm -hmm. northern Illinois mm -hmm. to southwest Michigan. Mm -hmm. And I'm punching around because I want to hear yeah. what's going on. There's but we're becoming fewer and I know we are. I know we are. Fewer and fewer of us, you know. But there's always that search button yeah. that didn't exist either. Yeah. And that is going to pull in that strong signal too. And it, I may find a radio station or a program on a radio station that I, even, I never even knew existed before. So I still play that game because I, that's um, it's inbred. If I'm pinched. And I can't get anything. You're from Arkansas. They're big into inbreeding, don't they? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Virginia. Virginia. <laughs> but thanks for asking. <laughs> no, I'm not. 
Do you remember? You want? I could really give my age away. Do you remember the Wonder Bar? The Wonder Bar. No, it's not a candy bar. No, the Wonder Bar was a little thing on the top of your radio. You pushed it, and the radio dial, which was not digital, and I when I say digital, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the printout of the number. Yeah, not modern day digital. Yeah, it was yeah. like a slide rule. It was a little red thing that went across the dial. You touch the Wonder Bar, it It'd stop at the next station. Stop really? at the next station. What was that like on a Philco or something like I, that? Well, uh, we we had GM cars. They were uh, yeah Delco radios. No way. Yeah. Del- I do not Delco. remember the Wonder Bar. The Wonder Bar. Wow. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you this, now that we've uh, finished the radio guides thing, because I think that was fascinating yeah. that you were able oh, to put yeah. all of those partners together. I bought my house. You are known for recording conventions and, and big groups of people. Radio conventions. Yes, and, and panels of people. I don't do political conventions. No, nor no. would I ever wish that on you. <laughs> But you're also known for, and we can, we can take these one at a time, mm. you're also known for tributes when we lose somebody. Oh. And likewise, as part of that tribute, you may end up realizing as soon as they die that you were the last one to video record yeah. them. I, yeah. So I, I, I recorded Paul Harvey's last speech uh, at a talk radio seminar at the uh, Marriott Hotel in Marina Del Rey, and that was a thrill. I uh, got the last video of Bob Collins, very popular Aww. WGN morning man. Yeah. It was, uh, when did I do him? Uh, was that 2000? It, it was December of 99. Okay. And he was killed in a plane crash in February, beginning of February mm-hmm. of 2000. Yeah, six weeks later, yeah. he was killed. Afternoon guy and then morning guy on WGN for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, he was just tremendous. He was a rock and roll DJ at WOKY, I think it was. In, in Milwaukee? Milwaukee? Come yeah. on. And he was replacing, or as he likes to say, uh, succeeding uh, Wally Phillips. Yeah, and those were big shoes. Is that what it is? Was yeah. it Wally no, you're Phillips? right. Do I have the right name? Yeah, you do. Yeah, on WGN. And they said, this country bumpkin from up in Wisconsin <laughs> can't replace our beloved Wally. Well... He did, and, and he became very beloved. Yeah, he had such a cackle to yeah. his laugh. It, well, he was he it was, was just al- a down home boy, and yeah. that works in the Midwest. Yeah, and it was almost sneaky. Yeah. You know his his cackle laugh. Oh, he was a terrific, terrific man. And our next news at ten o'clock. I don't know about the rest of the businesses of the world, since basically this is all I've ever done. But people in radio station traditionally start at very very small radio stations, and life is a progression of going to the next larger market or the next larger station and trying to build yourself up. And after so many years of doing that, sometimes you lose sight of the fact of what it looks like when you're at the entry level. And I guess that would be true in a way of all businesses. But I got this letter today that, you know, is funny and all that, but it's it's also kind of thought-provoking. I'll take the liberty of editing a little bit to oh. preserve some of the... Uh, Ah, uh, Mr. Bob Collins, major market radio star, WGN, blah, blah, blah. Dear Bob, first off, let me tell you who I am. My name is, my name is Dave, mm-hmm, a DJ from the teeniest radio station in Rockford. About a month and a half ago, you had Diane, that's Gabby, our staff secretary, you had Diane uh, give my friend Tom and I a tour of WGN. I'm the friend of Paul Wallam, and I remember when we met you in the hall, 
and I told you about Paul talking to you about me, no lights went on. Well, I'd like to take this time to give you the whole story so you know I wasn't just some goof that wandered in off the street. I've been a sign painter for about 19 years, self-employed for 10 years, and a DJ for a little over a year at a small country station that has a .5 share on a good day with the wind at our backs. Early this summer, I was talking to Paul. Paul and I have done business with each other for years. Your typical business relationship, he has some money and I want some of it. So he needed signs and I painted them. Well, back to the point. He was asking how my radio career was going, uh, which I was doing along with the sign business. And while we were on the subject, I thought I would ask if there was any way he could get me in to see the studios at WG. And I figured a guy that was buddies with Bob and Orion might be able to pull that off. So he told me he was going to have lunch with you next week, and he'd ask. I thought, wow, he's having lunch with Bob Collins, major market radio star. Life in the fast lane. So Paul called me a week later and said that you thought the best thing would be to show up about 9.30 one day, and if you weren't busy, you would arrange to show me around. Well, Bob, I figured a good reason why you didn't remember me was because I didn't show up for about two months. Took me that long to put it all together. At the time, I was quite the harried individual, married three small children on the air every day from three to six, taking care of the sign business, and on and on and on. To top it all off, I was going to have to ask my boss, the owner of the radio station, for a day off. His attitude is, I've never taken a day off in 25 years, and neither is anybody else. Well, I figured you really wouldn't remember after 25 years, so I thought maybe I'd just take a shot now. I thought I could tell my boss some story about somebody dying. Yeah, that was it. I could get my friend Tom, the funeral director, to write me a note. And then it got very complicated, and I thought, what the hell? I'll just tell him the truth. It's worth a shot. To my surprise, the boss said, sure, it'd be fine, and good luck on getting a job. I said, I'm not going to go get a job. I'm going to go look at the knobs and the buttons and stuff. My boss is so totally out of touch with reality, he always had an inflated view of what I was doing around here. The day I was in Chicago, he was telling the secretary, I just know WGN's going to steal Dave away from me. And the next day when I got back, he asked if I got the job. And I said, no, I didn't go for the job. I went to see the knobs and the buttons and Bob Collins. Believe me, WKRP has nothing on our radio station when it comes to strangeness. When I used to watch WKRP several years ago, my impression was it was a rinky-dink radio station. Little did I know that was the big time. Now think about it. There's a lot here to think about. We'll get back to that. Some of the stories aren't bad either, like the day the boss fell asleep on the air and a record skipped for about 20 minutes, and nobody called to complain. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> uh, the radio station is also a great place for budding DJs to break into radio, mainly because nobody uh, listens to it. One of the reasons nobody listens to it is the strange format. 40-year-old country music in the daytime, black guys playing soul music at night, polka music and religious Spanish shows, along with stock car races scattered here and there throughout the broadcast day. I have worked for that radio station. Maybe the call letters were different, but I worked. Didn't you, Johnny? Yeah, we, David? Absolutely. Oh, yes, yeah, we definitely. All, we all, mine was WPLA in Plant City, Florida. <laughs> <clears throat> well, back to where the boss gave me the day off. I was going to come in with my wife, but she couldn't make it, so my friend Tom came in with me. That worked out pretty well because Tom is a funeral director. He lived in Chicago while at mortuary school, and he comes into the big city a lot, so he's real familiar with it. Uh, Besides, his car is more comfortable. You can lay down in the back. 
Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bob, to make a long story even longer and more tedious, the gist of the whole thing is to tell you that it was really appreciated uh, that you let us in. Uh, I was able to see a real radio station and the most sophisticated sophisticated one in the world at that. And uh, Diane treated us like we were really someone and not just a couple of yahoos from Rockford. We are, of course, but nice not to be treated like that. It meant a lot because when we were in the lobby and no one knew why we were there, we were very uncomfortable. And we just wanted to leave. But Diane was very nice and made sure I saw everything that would interest me. You must live right to deserve such a great lady for a secretary. About a month ago, I had to quit radio and get back to paying more attention to my business. A guy can only juggle so many balls at one time, I guess. But after working in radio, I learned a real appreciation for the talents of those that really are good. To quote you, Bob, the hardest thing in radio is consistency. And uh, on a little more about the show, thank you, Dave. Uh, Boy, that brought back, I was working in Lakeland, Florida, and I desperately wanted to get to Tampa, big time. And I went to Tampa, to uh, WFLA, to look around and to meet the program director, and I was scared to death. When he said in this letter, uh, we were in the lobby and no one knew why we were there, we were very uncomfortable. Boy, that brought back memories. I've been exactly that same place, exactly that, standing around, hoping not to make a fool of myself, and not knowing anybody, and nobody knew me, and... You lose sight of the fact that WKRP is the big time. Mm-hmm. You know, WKRP is a funny, funky TV show about a funny, funky radio station, but that stuff happens. Sure it does. It happens. I'm telling you, the turkey drop, the minister coming in selling prayer shawls, all that. I have been through every bit, every episode of WKRP is a story of my life. Keep it, me from coming into town for what they thought was an interview, which was, in fact, just a tour of a radio station. I got a set of tires. They were used, but I got a new set of tires for my car. Yeah, yeah. I love that line. It was a great bargaining thing. Love that line. His car is more comfortable. You can lay down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dave, thank you. You brought back some very... uh, Yeah. Some very warm memories. Hey, he's a darn good writer, too. Yes, he is. He's a funny man. Uh, He signs it, Dave, hmm, former minor market radio star. Hmm. Uh, I'm sorry radio lost you, Dave. I hope you'll get back because you're a funny man. And I really, I'm telling you, for all of us, uh, the letter brings back mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. We've been through that. Baby, if you never wondered, wondered whatever became of me. I'm living on the air in Cincinnati Cincinnati WKRP Got kind of tired of packing and unpacking Town to town, up and down the dial Maybe you and me were never meant to be Just maybe think of me once in a while That highway leaving you behind Hardest thing I ever had to do Broke my heart in two But baby, pay no mind The price for finding me was losing you Memories helped me hide my lonesome feeling Far away from you and feeling 
Traffic Central for the final wrap-up of the drive-in. Johnny? Yeah, I love that. And yeah, so so now sadly, at this chapter, as I'm in the fourth quarter, uh, looking at life that way, uh, yeah, I've got all these radio people who I've done video of, and now we're losing them. They're dying. You know, I am the only one. It gave me chills. When I found out, I'm the only one that ever videotaped Dan Ingram. Dan you, Ingram in the New York. Only one. Yeah, the only one. There are scads of audio air checks of Dan. Come on. Nobody he else was, ever video. He was huge. I know he was huge, but he was very particular about who he let in the studio. And through Joe McCoy, who was the program director at CBS FM at the time, Dan was just doing a Saturday and Sunday weekend show. He was semi-retired. And this was 1992, I want to say. And that is the only videotape of him doing his craft on the air. Wow. His, uh, his son, Chris, told me, you are the only person that has a video of my dad on the air. Crazy. That's it. So I'll tell you, I think your stages of videos, because the years have gone by and because we're losing some people, um, or they just, <laughs> or, or, or they just, they just change jobs and they become non-radio announcers. Mm-hmm. You look back and you go, oh, geez, look how young I was. Or boy, I remember when I was at that radio station. So that's one level. The other level is when you've had it a while, you're going to take A, B, C, D, E, and F person and find a commonality and put them together and put them in a video of some sort. And then down the road, when they die, then you've got all this material that you can do a tribute to. So I think it takes stages. And granted, you look at some of these radio announcers back in the day, because everybody started out so early, maybe their kids Mm. never even heard them on the radio or saw them on the radio. And now you've provided that for them. I had that happen with audio when I got a call from a, a young lady whose father was Bill Winters. He worked at CKLW in Detroit. He worked at WIBG in Philadelphia. 
he uh, had a uh, problem with alcohol, like a lot of people do, mm-hmm. and passed away way too early from cirrhosis of the liver. Okay. His daughter was born uh, just before he died. She never oh. knew her father. And she heard I had tapes of him. She asked for them. Now, that is eerie. To send somebody a a recording of their dad who they never met. That made me feel really good that I was able to do that. Yeah. And it's one thing that you shot it, but you could find it. Yeah. That's that's what a lot of people have trouble with. Well, it's around here somewhere. I mean, how many air checks have you heard that about? You know, and I'm sure Ted is dealing with that right now. They contact somebody and they go, yeah, yeah, I am 90% sure I've got it. I I don't know where. Yeah, I don't know the condition, but (laughs) better, I don't know where. Yeah, Yeah. good for you for doing that. So now I'm doing all these memorial things. I just did one for Dick Biondi in Chicago. Uh, My friend Steve Cooper, who I mentioned earlier, uh, in Indianapolis, uh, uh, I did a, a really good one for him because he was a dear, dear friend. So, uh, yeah, I'm using all this footage. I, uh, uh, and I remember that Herb Oscar Anderson, who was the morning mayor of New York Radio, he died the same exact day that uh, KCBQ's Vince, uh, oh my, Jack Vincent, who would made it to 99 years old. Oh, my. He was at KCBQ in San Diego. They both died on the exactly the same day. And it was the day before I got out of a rehab center after a knee operation because I kept saying, dear God, don't let anybody die while I'm in here because, <laughs> because when you hear about somebody's passing, right. you have to make these videos very fast. Right, of course you do. get the link yeah. into the trades so people can see uh, Jerry Blavitt is another guy. He just passed away this past year in Philadelphia. The funeral was at a basilica in, oh, in Philadelphia. So huge. Covered on television. The flags were at half-mast for a DJ. The Come on. flag, I swear to you. Channel 6's Jim, oh my gosh, I beat blanking on his last name. He was the longest-running news anchor in Philadelphia, spoke at the funeral, oh and and following him, not preceding him, but following him, okay, uh, <laughs> was Dion Warwick. Now, this will just give you Whoa. an idea, okay, Whoa. of how big Jerry Blavitt was. Was he right? a, a morning guy at one no, station? No, no. And here's the kick in the pants. He never worked at a really big Philadelphia station. He worked at a lot of little ones. But he also had a club at Margate, which is a suburb of Atlantic City. I mean, Jerry Blavitt was an amazing man. And he knew everybody, obviously. He knew everybody. Everybody knew him. He was called the Geeter with the Heater. (laughs) And and that kind of heater was also a term for weapons. Oh. oh. He he had connections to the mob and all this stuff. But he was unbelievable. He was half Italian, half Jewish. Now you talk about a, <laughs> you talk about a combo platter <laughs> in Philly. In Philly, wow, yes, wow. I'm telling you. Have you done um, videos of uh, a lot? I know you've done some. A lot of uh, reunions as radio stations oh, yeah. get a, a, a you know like I 50 years reun- or 75 love, years. Love reunions. Um, uh, I. I kind of was on a committee with uh, three or four other people doing four big reunions. And a fifth one, we kind of took over. Somebody else started it, a well-known DJ 
from Detroit by the name of Lee Allen, and, and he had the idea to do it. And then, what's the word, as pros who did four reunions, we knew how to do them better than he, and he was kind of dropping the ball a little bit, and we kind of picked it up, and ah. it was just, and it was tremendous. This was in 2019. Now, I wanted it to be the next year because 2020 was the year that radio celebrates 100 years. So I said, this would be great for the 100th anniversary. Oh, am I glad we didn't oh, no kidding. do it in 2020? Because no. <laughs> as we all know, in March of 2020, the world shut down. Yeah. So we would never, it would never have happened. Yeah. I mean, yeah. because if you recall, there was a big WLS reunion and uh, like an alumni reunion or whatever mm -hmm. that was scheduled for March mm -hmm. of 2020. And they had gotten tremendous RSVPs. It was going to be attended by everybody, and sadly, it never happened. And then only a, what was it, a month later, maybe six weeks later, Clark Weber passed away, one of the people that was going to be at it. Now, at WLS in Chicago, from the original lineup, only one guy is still alive, and that's Bob Hale. Interesting, the all-night guy. The guy <laughs> you would think, you know, would have had the most strain put on him being right. up all night. right. He lasted the longest. He's still with us. Did that reunion for WLS ever get on its feet? No, never. Oh it, my. it never happened. Wow. No, it would have been. That would have been some the video. Oh my god, well, that would have gotten everybody. I'll tell you. Last year, this would be in 2022. Mm -hmm. uh, WGN Radio in Chicago did a really good, good job. job with their 100th anniversary. Oh my! They had Channel Seven come in. They interviewed people like, you know, Steve Bertrand and John mm -hmm. Williams and Judy. And, and of course, Kathy. Channel 9, which is WGN-TV, did a special for the 100th anniversary. They did. I, I meant to say that. Did I say Channel you 7? Said 7. I'm yeah. sorry. It was Channel 9. It's sorry. Okay. I'm, I'm going to forgive you, but only this one time. I, I know. I know. Next time you're going to get done. I know. And I used up my token yesterday <laughs> with you, too. I only get one a day. And that's okay, though, as long as I know where my standing that's nice, is. nice. A U2 reference, because that's because you still haven't found what you're looking for, right? One on time. Like, wow. 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 I'm so quick. I should work for Nestle. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> so when 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 uh, Sean uh, went on WGN Radio with me and John Landecker, which was a fun thing, that's on YouTube. That's also on my website. A wonderful interview uh, we did on WGN. You know, Sean was Sean Compton, who's the genius behind all this uh, WGN stuff, including News Nation, In News and Nation, and Next Star. Yeah, and he's he's yep. yeah he's the Wonder Boy. And lots of us, you know, we bring up these stats and yeah. stuff like that. But the audience may not know that Nexstar owns 199 TV stations and, and only, only one, one radio, radio station. station. <laughs> and that's WGN in Chicago. Nice harmony on that. Yeah, thank you very um, much. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, so, so he was saying that uh, it was because of arts uh, videos that I had shot over the years at WGN that they incorporated all that stuff into oh. this special. Nice. He said the reason why you were able to see vintage shots of Spike O'Dell and Bob Collins and uh, Kathy and Judy and all these people yeah. and Wally, uh, yeah. Wally, uh, Wally Phillips. So. Did you video Roy Leonard, Dean Richards? A little bit of Roy Leonard when he came in on after because uh, I was doing Wally and then and then Roy came in. Uh, Anything with Eddie Schwartz or Mel Rosenberg? Never got, no, never got Big Eddie. Boy, I would have needed the wide angle lens for that one. That would have been fantastic. He's a large man. So. Yeah. Never got him. I, I, I remember rumors somewhere along the line that depending on the board that he was sitting at, he would have to run the board with a pencil. 
<laughs> because he had to sit so far back and he had like pterodactyl arms. You know what that reminds me yeah. of? My friend Flash Phelps, who does the morning show on the 60s channel on Sirius XM, the video that we sent to get him the job had him working in a, uh, he was in uh, West by God, Virginia, Martinsburg, West wow. Virginia. And one of the things he did was slide way back from the control board with a big rubber band. And he pulled it back and let the rubber band fly, and it hit the start button on the car on the <laughs> CD player and started the record on the air. And they said, "That's our boy. We need him at Satellite Radio." That's showmanship. That's showmanship. Wow. Yeah. Let me ask you this: and Who... He had 17 jobs, by the way, before I got him the job at Satellite Radio, where he's now been for 22 years. 17. Yeah. Well, Joey Reynolds. The famous Joey Reynolds, one of the most creative people in all of radio, he uh, has had 48 jobs. Oh, please. I'm telling you. It's the truth. How can you do that in a lifetime? I don't know, but he uh, did. Honest to Pete. Yeah. He still looks good. He does. Yeah. He's still wow. very, very creative. Let me ask you, um, you've done so many that it may be a difficult answer, but who was the most fun in the studio to video? Who was just a nutball, and you you had a really good experience? Because mm. people would give you shit. Oh yeah, they would abuse the crap out of you they, because you're a you're a target. You're an easy target oh, in yeah. the studio. Yeah, yeah, they let me in, but then they would. Uh, <laughs> Steve Dahl in particular. Oh my god. Oh, I bet. You know, and uh, I never did Imus, but he. But I'm out, and same with Stern, Howard Stern. You know, when he came on in Detroit, Channel 7 in Detroit interviewed me. Uh, said, Do you think this is going to work? And when you get interviewed by TV news, you, you don't know what they're going to say under your name. They put your name oh, yeah. on the screen, and then under your name, they give you some kind of a, a title yeah. or which, who you are. Yeah. So under mine, they put radio expert which I thought was rather pompous, but that's what they put. At least they spelled my name right. And it's V-U-O-L-O, okay? That's the website, Volo Video. Go check it out. Uh, Howard was playing this on his show. Of course, it was a radio show, so we couldn't see, nobody in his audience could see the video. Right. But he was playing the audio, and he said, oh, Art Volo is a radio expert. What makes him a radio expert? But then he goes, but he's a harmless guy. He's a pretty nice guy. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought that was as unsettling as getting a compliment from Don Rickles. Yeah, know? that's right. Nobody gets, yeah. you know, yeah. you, when it's Howard Stern, you just expect to get lambasted by him. Yeah. You know? And what an interesting word, harmless. He's harmless. Well, he's yeah. not going to come in and trash the studio. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Honest yeah. to God. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Who is the hardest one to get? Oh, uh, man, that's a, that's a tough one. There probably have been several. I mean, the, the the two shows I've done the most are Bob and Tom and Scott Shannon. Oh. I mean, I have Scott Shannon when he first started at Z100. I wasn't there the day he flipped the switch. That was August 2nd, 1983. But I was in there on the Friday after Thanksgiving, 1983. Wow. About 100 days after he put the station on the air. Wow. And in fact, Joey Reynolds with, went with me to the studios in Secaucus. It was a... It was a yucky day, like half raining, half snowing, just a, a real ugly, gloomy day. And the studio faced the 
Meadowlands. Weren't it you did, at the top of the Empire State Building? No, 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 no. That's that's where the transmitter eventually got moved to. Okay. But when they first went on, they were in an office building in Secaucus, okay, New Jersey. Okay. But instead of facing New York, so you could look at the New York skyline, uh-huh. it was facing west instead of east. Hmm. So you got to see radio towers because all the radio towers were in the Meadowlands because it's swampy. Yeah, it is. You know, and that's what makes AM radio get out better so when there's moist ground. And you're looking at radio towers uh, in the New Jersey Turnpike in a swamp. That's what you were looking at. <laughs> Woo-woo! And, and Joey, of course, was <laughs> quick to point this out. You can number yeah. one market in New York. I'm looking at a swamp. Yeah. Well, we yeah. picked the big time now. Yeah, right. This is a big thing. <laughs> and, and because Joey had so many jobs, Scott Shannon was trying to get him a job. He said, would you work in Detroit? And this is one of the funniest lines ever on my videos. Uh, he said, no, I got off the plane there. It said Detroit Terminal, and I believed it. <laughs> And that's a funny line, but at the at Detroit's expense. But Detroit has been the butt of jokes, just like Cleveland. Oh, of course. You know the mistake yeah. on the lake and all that stuff. Yeah. So you know it, it's just, <laughs> people love to do that. It's put down humor. I, I used to love Don Rickles. But, yeah. Well, you uh, need new content, yeah. and if somebody's got new content with yeah. a video camera, hey, yeah. those are fun days. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, he was taking. They did a documentary on Scott Shannon called "Worst to First because. Hmm. He took Z100 from non-existent in the ratings to number one in the in New York City, the biggest market in the country, and he did it in 74 days. That will never happen ever, ever, ever again. 74, 74 days. days. He went from worst to first. And that's Come just amazing when you start to think about it. Yeah, it's just hard to believe. But he, he actually did that. And so, it, was, it was amazing. So didn't he take the morning zoo from, what was it, Florida? And he took yeah. that formula up to New York? Mm-hmm. And it worked big time. Wow. Yeah, it was just tremendous. That was a fun show to shoot. So I have more sh- video of the morning zoo. In fact, I did a video that you can see a, um, a sizzle reel, which is supposed to be like three or four minutes, and this one's 14 minutes. But it's a retrospective of the early years of Z100, so you can see how much fun it was. Yeah. I mean, it was the, just the most fun you can have on the radio. It yeah. was tremendous. And uh, When you can get a radio station that feels like a beehive mm-hmm. from the minute you walk into the receptionist desk, oh, yeah. then you know you've got and a radio now station. Now there's not even a receptionist at most radio no, stations. No, and there's no beehive. And no. there's five people doing the work of 50 people. Let me ask you this. I'm just going to throw out some names to you. Did you ever uh, either meet or talk to or videotape Gary Owens? I did. You did. How about Wolfman Jack? I did. How about Casey Kasem? Yes. How about Rick Dees? No. Okay. All right. Rick Dees is a strange animal. <laughs> nice guy, but a strange animal. He, he, he was. You know why he didn't want me to come in? Oh, just he didn't. He didn't want anybody to see that he works on. He he still wanted the old. RCA board with the round pots. Yeah. The, which are pots is the word for non-radio people, the volume. Yeah, the knobs. The knobs. He liked to work on these old boards from like the 19, late 60s, 70s. So what's the problem with that? He didn't want anybody to see he was working with old-fashioned equipment. He oh, was, uh, he, no, he was uptight please. about it. He was uptight about it, yeah. Come on. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. So it was an image thing? Yeah. Oh, he, he was very vain. Oh, my. He's a nice man. I have no problem. He did a promo for me. Hi, this is Rick Dees. 
you're watching some of the greatest DJs in America right here in Volo Video. And, but mine's know, not and, one, uh, of mine's them. one of them. You know. <laughs> so. Hey, tell me where you just got back from in Texas at the morning show boot camp. How yeah. have things changed? Because you've done this for, what, 28 years? 29. This was my 29th time. How has things changed from a um fly on the wall perspective really you're not on the panel but you're seeing the audience how have things changed well you know all these kids uh want to all get howard stern money and they uh they think they have these great ideas they have one session called battle of the bits where they exchange ideas of little shtick they did and the one the best bit gets you know, paid money, they give out cash and stuff like this. Oh, so, okay, you know, that's sort of cute. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's, I don't know. When I watch and see what they think is funny, it's not really all that funny. I said, God help us. I said, there's a four-letter <laughs> word that best describes today's morning shows. L-A-M-E. Really, oh, really lame. I yeah. mean... And they think that this is good stuff. It's not. Yeah. It's not. Somebody lowered the bar. Yeah. And then they go, oh, that's normal. So, I mean, And I, you know, hey, I get paid the same. Why do I, I have mean, to bust my ass? I think, as you know, my favorite morning show is Bob and Tom. Yeah. Bob and Tom just celebrated 40 years together. Bob retired back in 2015. That's almost 10 years ago. And the show is still going on strong, just like Kid Craddock died he didn't just retire he you know b- yeah. bob at a, retired at a young age yeah yeah at 53 years old yeah and the six people that were his support cast kept the thing going and for 10 more years it's still going and it's still number one right that's because it's a well-oiled machine if you have a well-oiled machine it'll keep going after bob left the show is still the bob and tom show because it's so heavily branded as such that's why they didn't change it plus they play clips from over the last 40 years that they've been doing the show oh. that have Bob on it. Oh, nice. So that's the reason why they kept, yeah. you know, and now Bob is recovering from, from cancer and he's even doing a podcast called The Bob and Cancer Show. So they're trying to inject <laughs> okay. humor even in something as serious as right. the big C. You don't get any more serious than cancer. Right. And, and that's the way... They're, they're handling this. It's just been incredible. But they're smart enough to make it part of the template. Yeah. It's well, not just a hit and miss and, bit. And, and a year ago, Tom had some serious heart surgery and was out for a whole month. Now, mm. with no Bob, no Tom on the Bob and Tom show. Oh, my. And yet, the support cast kept it going, and they did fine even without Tom. That's crazy. And now they brought his son in, who just turned 30, so they're constantly bringing younger blood into it. Okay. They just tragically lost one of their voice characters, who, uh, or I should say a guy that did voices many different characters on the show. Okay. I think there were 10 or 11 different characters that this one guy Whoa. voiced. Whoa. So with his death... They have not lost one person. They've lost a dozen. You've lost a neighborhood. Yeah. 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 A lot of people. So that's rough when when something like that happens. But you go on. You press on. Were you with Bob and Tom one way or the other from sort of day one? Oh, yeah. They started in Indianapolis in 1983, and I was in there in 1984 with my camera. Wow. Good for you. Doing the earliest videos. Good for you. And it was my videos that caught the eye of Sean Compton, who is running Nextstar, who's connected with WGN America, 
he then put the show on TV nationally oh. because of what he saw on my my tapes. Nice. I mean, one one of one of the funniest shows I ever did was when Tim Allen, who was an unknown, nobody knew who he was. He was appearing at a local comedy club in Indianapolis. I happened to be in town doing the video because it was Indy Five Hundred weekend. Oh, and yeah. and uh, Tim Allen comes in. And I said, "Who's the comic today?" Said, oh, he's from up in Detroit. <laughs> up your way, he's Tim Allen. I go, Tim who? No, nobody knew who the heck he was. You didn't know those prison did, comics, I did you? I didn't know. None of us knew. He was so funny oh, that Tom, who's pretty much the straight man, whereas Bob was the guy that ran the board and uh, the control board and, and, and did the great laugh he had, greatest yeah. laugh in the radio. Uh, Tom was falling, literally he's falling off his chair yeah. laughing. And I, listeners think that Bob and Tom are quick. But then when you add somebody like Tim, Tim Allen, Allen. Oh, my oh, my God, it yeah. just, oh, it throws everything yeah. out the window. It just destroyed the place. It was oh, fantastic. that's and cool. And they're very grateful that I was there because this is BV. Now they have a whole video. They have a whole video department. They go out on a remote broadcast. They do it with eight cameras. Oh, And a switcher please. and everything. Oh, I'm telling you, it's become big time. Wow. Let's back up just a little bit. When you mentioned Kid Craddock. Yeah. Because there may be some listeners that don't know yeah. certain names. That's what we just had at the boot camp. Half the people in that room, that was their first boot camp. They're still young. Kid died 10 years ago. Many of them were unaware of yeah. what made him so popular. Yeah. Why they had an award at the boot camp called the Kid Craddock Award. They give to a different major radio personality each year. Yeah, and he yeah. was in Dallas. He was in Dallas. Yeah, but yeah. lost him at what age? Fifty three. Fifty three, and he used to yeah. take kids that had like like Make a Wish that kind of thing. Oh. He would take kids to Disney and and take and he did so many good philanthropic type things. And that made him so beloved. That's where you're using your position yeah. or your pedestal or the people that you know yes. and connect. That's where you know that that person is not a slide in, right. do smart ass remarks behind when the you microphone use your and go celebrity home. for good. That's right. That's really good. And when you see that, whether you're a sports person mm -hmm. or not or whatever, that's where you really see the inner person yeah. of that person shine. Yeah. Wow. I mean, Scott Shannon's last show in New York before this retirement that he's made for now. Um, Is he a Tom Brady guy? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> was uh, at Blythedale Children's Hospital in Westchester County. I didn't realize, because I don't live in New York, that every year the last show before the Christmas break would be a fundraiser hmm. at this children's hospital. And because he was doing his last show, he did his last studio show on Thursday, but then on Friday, this is a week before Christmas, he did this thing at, at the Children's Hospital, and, oh. they, and they have a plaque on the wall there, a big plaque, thanking him for all the money that he has raised for that hospital. Wow. Good That's for them. That's great when you can do stuff like that. Good Leave a them. good legacy. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better wow. than saying, oh, that a-hole, you know. <laughs> Or who? Who? Yeah. <laughs> the station in Des Moines, WHO. <laughs> Boy, did they get some publicity during the pandemic with the World Health Organization, right? <laughs> WHO. I think they just turned, I think, 75 years old. I was going through, I think. WHO? Well, I no, thought. No, they hit 100. Was it? Yeah. There was a, maybe it was uh, an, another one in Nebraska. But anyway, we were moving my son out to Colorado and, of course, I'm trying to get yeah. these big states because I never go to Iowa and yeah. Nebraska. I just don't. 
And then when we came back, we went up through the Dakotas and up through Minnesota. So I'm hitting those big stations there. And surprisingly, there was a lot of them hitting milestones. And they were bringing back their voices and having them do promos, much like Ted is doing on Rewound Radio. Tremendous. And, you know, it doesn't take but just, you know, maybe an hour's worth of their time. But it's the idea of pick up the phone, connect the dots, hunt them down, get them in here. And I was flabbergasted that a lot of those stations along the way were going that extra effort and and to hunt those people down. The stupidest move, I think, in the history of radio was when Journal Broadcasting, which I believe got bought out by, was it Scripps or somebody bought them out? Anyway, Journal Broadcasting, which was headquartered, I believe, in Milwaukee Hmm. because uh, it was owned by the Milwaukee Journal, WTMJ Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Journal, pretty basic. Anyway, and um, they had a station in Omaha, W-O-W. Okay. It was three call letters. That, that's prestige. It is. It's a W west of the Mississippi. That's prestige. Were they low on the dial? Low on the dial, 590. Okay. <laughs> uh, and they spelled wow. Yeah. And they changed them. They changed the call letters to a four-letter with a K. I don't even know what it is. I couldn't even tell you. What the hell? Who's the brain trust that did that? That's an idiot. And they changed it on AM and FM. Oh. And the FM was at 94.1 with 100,000 watts of power. Oh, my. It's gone. Wow. Wow. You you just just can't take advantage of the obvious anymore. Absolutely. Wow. That's like when when you get an area code in your area and it's your frequency. Oh. That happened to WIP in Philadelphia, 610 Bucks County. Same with KFMB out in San Diego. They're uh, 760 on they the are. dial, 760. Yeah. And 760 is the North County area code. Speaking yeah. of KFMB in San Diego, the guy that most influenced me to get into radio was who? Mark Larson. Mm-hmm. He's, <laughs> he's still on the radio. I think he's on Kojo now, K-O-G-O. And, which I think is a sister station. And he's uh, very news talk, very politically uh, uh, topic driven. Mm-hmm. He knows everybody. He's met everybody over the years. He worked but in Christian radio for a short he time. He did, yeah. yes. And uh, this was maybe 1975, so I would have been a freshman. And I distinctly remember getting in my Pontiac Firebird and punching up Mark Larson on WROK and listening to him on the way home. And now, because of technology, if I get the time zone right, I can go on to iHeartRadio and still listen to Mark Larson. It's amazing what we can do now. Isn't that cool? We're not limited anymore by you can you can no. So as long as they're doing it or you've recorded it, we can see and hear it, and that's what's cool. That's something. Art Volo, thank you so much for hey, sitting been down. Loads of fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, uh, go to my website. Again, it's VU, like a VU meter. That stands for volume units, by the way, <laughs> for all you DJs that don't know that, even though you've been watching that thing wiggle in front of you for years. Anyway, um, so it's VU OLO, Volo, video, all together, no dot. Then there's a dot com on the end. And um, there's so much on there that you can enjoy, hopefully, that will keep you entertained for hours. And treat it like a museum. Don't go fast through it. Take your time. Set a time like Wednesday at 2 o'clock in the (laughs) afternoon that I'm going to go see a Volo video because there's so much content. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff there. And sometimes you might not even know the person. Well, 
let, let the video introduce you to them. It's still interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really wild. Thank you. Thanks for sitting down, and we'll see you next month. All right, take care. God bless. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Storyteller's Studio in celebration of WROK Radio's 100th year in broadcasting.